Welcome to Two Feet in the Podcast, where ideas and inspiration meet to produce action. Today, we are breaking down ideas and giving you a strong dose of motivation. Get up and get moving on your dreams with me. I'm the coach, Heather Macy, and I'm ready to coach you and how to live two feet in. Joining Two Feet in the Podcast today is Coach John Thompson, currently the head men's basketball coach at North Carolina Wesleyan College. He's in the Hall of Fame and the all-time winningest coach in Wesleyan history. He knows that winning is an attitude, originally from Durham, North Carolina, but currently lives in Rocky Mount, North Carolina. What's up, Coach? How you doing today, Coach Macy? Listen, I'm so excited that you're here. I want to jump right into it. So the format of the podcast is some short answer, really rapid fire, and then we really want to dive really deep into where your passions lie, and then giving us some motivation. So, Coach, are you ready for the three R's, the rapid reflection redistribution questions? I'm ready. All right, Coach. What are you drinking these days? Uh, Mostly water, but I am a big fan of uh, crystal light, particularly the grape crystal light uh, that I add to my water. So I, I drink more that way. So are you doing any Zooming? And if you are... Uh, what's your favorite person to Zoom with? Uh, my favorite uh, would have to be with my team. So we Zoom regularly, and uh, that's definitely my favorite. How are you staying motivated during this time? You know, the same way I do. I don't really think that I need anything to stay motivated. I think, I'd like to think that I just am motivated every day and, and remain so even though our world has changed a little bit. Uh, I, I'm still just as motivated every morning when I get up. Anything interesting happening with you? Uh, there's always lots of interesting things happening. Uh, you know, we're still in the midst of recruiting, trying to put the finishing touches on uh, our class for this spring and, uh, you know, trying to keep my my uh, 17-year-old twin boys uh, on point uh, finishing the school year, that's probably my, my number one priority. And what's the toughest thing that you've ever battled? The toughest thing that I have ever battled? Um, I, I, well, man, I would say the toughest thing I ever battled was uh, dealing with the death of my father uh, just about two months before I graduated from college. Coach, I want to dive into a bunch of those topics. You got you got everything opened up for us, but thanks for being a part of the three R's, the rapid reflection redistribution. So, Coach Thompson, so you talked about that you wake up and each day and you are motivated. So it's less of ability for you to stay motivated. You've had a very successful um, extended career uh, longevity in this business. Can you tell us some of your daily habits or or maybe even the secret to success of of feeling the same energy um, that you did in year one and year 25. Yeah. I, you know, I certainly don't claim to have any secrets uh, to success. Uh, I think, you know, you can find lots of good information out there. And I think success uh, in large part comes from an individual's energy, their effort, their enthusiasm for what they do, their work ethic, uh, and their uh, perseverance. 
I think those things, uh, you know, will ultimately lead to success. And I think, you know, being able to, uh, you know, that last one that I mentioned, the perseverance, being able to persevere when, when things are tough, when, uh, you know, you don't have as good a recruiting year as you want, or you don't win as many games as you want, or when you're going through some sort of adversity, uh, you know, being able to still grind away and, and uh, get to the other side of that um, allows you to have a long career. So I've been in the business 20 years and I can tell you, I have seen some physical changes. Have you at all? Like I, I can tell a little bit like after practice, my knees ache a little bit differently. Um, anything like that or that you have found uh, from a recovery standpoint that's worked for you later in your career? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I don't know about from a recovery standpoint. I certainly think that uh, we all uh, can tell some differences when uh, we are uh, becoming veteran coaches, I'll say. Uh, you know, certainly uh, I may feel something in my back or my knees that I didn't feel 25 years ago. Uh, but, you know, I think one of the things that's really important for us as coaches is to attempt to stay in good physical condition, to attempt to stay in some kind of shape. When, when we get off this call today, I'm going to go work out. And, uh, you know, I, I certainly could be in much better shape than I'm in. But I think, uh, you know, trying to stay in, in good shape so that you can go to practice every day so that you can uh, have the intensity level and the energy level uh, that's required to do the job that we do. So I've come to one of your practices or, or been around your program multiple times. And, you know, obviously you do a great job there. And I asked you a question. I said, Coach, why have, why have you stayed at North Carolina Wesleyan so long when I'm sure that um, you've had multiple opportunities to go in and challenges and different challenges and different scenarios. And, and during that conversation, you did mention your family. So you mentioned about your dad and about your twin boys. Can you, can you dive deep into uh, young coaches that are listening and they're figuring out ways to navigate this profession, um, your route and why you've, you've chosen to stay and uh, address a little bit about your family. Sure. Uh you know, number one, family is a priority for me. Um, you know, I was very fortunate uh, to have two tremendous parents. Uh, you know, while I lost my dad, uh, while I was still in college, I still have my mom today. She's 91 and she's proud of being 91. She's in great shape. And, and uh, so my family is very important to me, my sister and my brother and and all of my extended family, you know, I was just raised uh, in a way that, you know, really made family a priority for me. Um, and so as I got into coaching and particularly college coaching, uh, one of the things that I said very early on is that I did not want to get into a cycle where, I was moving every three to five years. Uh, that did not appeal to me. Uh, but, it, you know, I would be very happy if I remained here for another 
whatever the number of years is, 10, 15, another 20 years, uh, and uh, would be really excited by that. There's something that uh, is very, very uh, appealing that, you know, now when I have guys who come back and are in their early 40s and in their mid-30s and, you know, guys who are in their late 20s, and they come back and we still uh, are very, very connected. Um, so that's appealing. It's very important in as a young coach uh, that you asked me to kind of speak to, as you navigate the, uh, the ladder of college coaching, that you try to select jobs that have the right fit for you. Uh, and whether that's as an assistant coach with the head coach uh, at a particular institution, with it, whether it's uh, somebody seeking their first head coaching job, um, you know, I think a lot of times guys uh, maybe jump at jobs that maybe could be really difficult for them to win. And if they don't win at a certain level, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, they may not be there very long. And so, you know, I think just being really selective as selective as you can be, uh, sometimes I know that that's difficult as you're embarking on your career. But uh, I, I think fit is really, really important. And for me, Wesleyan has turned out to be a great fit. Uh, the college has allowed me to uh, kind of run the program the way that I thought was the right way to run it. Uh, they've allowed me to have tremendous uh, an opportunity to have tremendous influence in a lot of different areas of the college. Uh, they've allowed me the opportunity to uh, really create what I, I believe is a real family between the guys who played for me in the late nineties and the early two thousands and all the way up through the graduating class of 2020. Uh, you know, when we talk about, our brotherhood and our family, like it's real. And uh, so I'm appreciative that, you know, North Carolina Wesleyan has allowed us the opportunity to create that atmosphere here. So coach, if, if I'm giving you a platform to say, what are you passionate about besides obviously college basketball and the experience that you've had in life where you would want to educate the world, what would that be? Well, you know, I think clearly it is connected to the the college basketball piece. I mean, uh, I love the game. Uh, you know, I fell in love with it probably at about the age of 13. Uh, like a lot of kids, you know, I grew up playing play primarily football, baseball, and basketball uh, as a young kid. And uh, I enjoyed all of them but I loved basketball. And uh, so I've been very fortunate that I was able to really create a life that was an extension of that love for the game. Connected to that, I love teaching, which is really, as we all, as you and I know, that is what coaching is. Coaching is teaching. And uh, so I, I love that aspect of it. I love 
uh, mentoring. I love advising young men. I love relationship building. Um, you know, the, the recruiting experience for me is simply the start of a relationship. Um, you know, some of the, the negative perceptions of recruiting, um, you know, I don't really feel like, uh, that they, that I connect with that. I, I just look at recruiting as I'm starting to build a relationship and the guys that I'm lucky enough to actually get here at Wesleyan, then we continue that relationship over the next four years. And then it continues for the next 25 years or the next, hopefully 40 or 50 years. Uh, and so having a chance to see, whether uh, it's a young, shy, quiet 17-year-old or a very self-assured, uh, ready-for-the-world 17-year-old uh, and developing a relationship with that guy, assisting him in the process of growing into a college graduate who uh, has gone from being a kid to being a young man uh, and, and having some degree of influence on his preparation for success. Uh, that's what I am really passionate about. You know, we talk a lot here about developing champions and obviously we want to win championships on the court. We want to win as many games as we can and we want to hang banners in our rafters and all that. But we're, we're talking about building championship people. And so whether it's academic, whether it's social, whether it's, uh, you know, job readiness, whether it's interview skills, whatever it is, we want to develop championship people so that uh, their their experience here uh, goes way beyond basketball. Basketball is really, really important, but it's just one part of it all. So you've been at Wesleyan enough to see many, many classes go through. What's been your experience as, as the alums come back and that they all think that you've gotten softer? Uh, probably. Oh, yes. I think that there are some guys who uh, come back and, and definitely would say, coach, you've gotten a little soft. And uh, hopefully that's not actually – getting softer maybe it's just getting smarter specifically coach I think the ability to evolve or adjust um, is, is is really important what are some ways and some things that you've done to adjust and some things that you've not adjusted that are absolutely non-negotiables for you and your program you know but some things are uh, being prompt uh, you know one of the things that uh, I very clearly learned from my father was how to be a professional. My father was a journalist um, and he didn't, he had a kind of a typical kids athletic background playing little league and sandlot baseball and high school sports. And he boxed in the army, but that was kind of the extent of his, um, athletic so he didn't come from the same place you know where I am now but he knew how to be a professional and I think that that transcends you know whatever profession you're in 
And one of those things that I am very, I guess, maybe a part of that comes from his military background. Another part of it comes from his professional life. But, um, you know, we're always going to be, uh, you know, probably 15 minutes ahead of time. Uh, You know, one of those things, if you know, you're on time if you're early and if you're, you know, if you're not early, you're late uh, kind of things. Um, so that that's a non-negotiable. I think uh, communication is a non-negotiable for us. Um, you know, I, I think whether you're uh, a married couple, whether you work in the admissions office at a college or the, the basketball office, it doesn't matter any place. Communication is so vital. And certainly for a team on the floor, it's vital. But uh, like during these times that we're in right now, communication with our team is very important communication between the players so they have their own modes of communication just between themselves and then from the coaches to the players and uh you know so uh you know i think professionalism and all that we do uh and and communication are are a couple of examples of things that are non-negotiable so coach you're a motivator and um inspire young people every day you we have um people listening on the podcast that are you know wanting to be uh, at the highest level in college athletics can you share what your best advice to those guys would be well well you know i don't know if it's the best piece of advice but it maybe is the best right now uh this is something i've shared with my team and interestingly I just shared it with a, a coach yesterday uh, that his response to me was, he said, coach, you know, you gave me that same information in about 2008 and it had served me so well as I entered my first head coaching job. And, and so that is a, one of my favorite quotes from the outstanding Hall of Fame coach from UCLA, John Wooden. And that is, do not let what you cannot do interfere with what you can do. And so particularly during this time where, uh, you know, we're practicing the social distancing and we're staying at home and there are so many things that you cannot do. Let's not allow that to interfere with what we can do. And, you know, a thing that, again, we share with our team all the time, and uh, you probably have shared it with your teams, and uh, we're, we're not alone in this, but, you know, controlling what you can control. Well, you know, there are lots of things right now that we can't control. However, there are many things starting with your attitude, your effort, your energy uh, that you can control every day. And so let's, what are the things that I can do? And let me do those at a really, really high level. Uh, That would be my suggestion. All right. So we've got people inspired. We got them motivated. And the key is how do you go from being motivated into a state of producing action? And so um, what, what is that for you and, and your team, yourself, um, or for or for your family, how do you get from being motivated into? Results? I think the first thing is you have to start. 
you know, like it's one thing to talk about, you know, with, Hey, I need to, I need to get in better shape. I, I need to drop a couple of pounds. I need to, uh, I need to do some work on my yard or I need to, uh, you know, I need to get our summer workout program together to get out to the players, get it in their hands. Well, the, the first step is you have to start. It's one thing to know it in your mind, to, to make a to-do list on a piece of paper, uh, you know, to put some things on a calendar. Okay, that's great. But it, like you got to take the first step, you know, like uh, every race begins just with the first step. And until you take that, uh, you know, it's just, it, it's a dream. It's a thought. It's a, uh, it's a possibility. So I, I think the biggest thing is you have to start, you know, quit just thinking about it, quit talking about it, but okay, let's take action, whatever that action is. And, and it may just be a small action, you know, like, uh, my boys and I just recently cleaned out our garage and, you know, like they looked at the garage and these, I have three sons, one who's 24, but I have these 17 year old twins and they looked at it and they said, where do we start? And trust me, looking at my garage at that moment, I had the same thought. However, the key is like you, you start with just the first thing. Well, okay, let's, take this and take it outside into the driveway and then you do that and then you do that and then you do that over and over again and now we start to sort through what's a keeper what's not what where do we put it back how do we and but you have to start with moving that first item whatever it is all right coaches we're as we're coming to the end of the podcast can you leave our listeners uh, with your daily dose of motivation yeah, you know, um, I send out uh, on uh, social media, which I have re- just recently rejoined. I, I took about a six-month hiatus from social media altogether. But I send out on uh, Instagram and Twitter thoughts for the day, and I have a list of about 300 coaches uh, as well as my team that I send those to via email each day. Uh, so I I try to have some stuff every day, but just one thing that really, you know, resonates for me and is, uh, kind of my daily, uh, thought as I, as I get up, cause I, you know, every day when, when I get up, I'm, I'm like, I'm ready to go. I'm morning person. I get up and I'm ready to go, but this is it. And it's a, it's a prayer that, uh, is called the beginning of a new day prayer. And so I think if everybody kind of took this to heart each day, uh, as they began their day, uh, we could all have a tremendous amount of success. And so the beginning of a new day prayer is, this is the beginning of a new day. The Lord has given me this day to use as I will. I can waste it or use it for good. What I do today is important because I am exchanging a day of my life for it. When tomorrow comes, this day will be gone forever, leaving in its place something I have traded for it. I want it to be gain, not loss, good, not evil, success, not failure. 
in order that I shall not regret the price I paid for it. Coach, that is incredible. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's been our guest and our friend, Coach John Thompson. Appreciate you being two feet in, reminding us that you have to get started to succeed and challenging you to create a life that's an extension of the game. Visit the show notes to learn more about Coach Thompson and to reach him directly. That's been Hall of Fame Coach John Thompson on Two Feet In, the podcast, where ideas and inspiration meet to produce action. A big thank you to all of our guests for breaking down ideas, giving a strong dose of motivation, and helping us learn to live two feet in.